Todd is back. Yeah. You are so sought after. Once we put an episode with Todd up, the, I mean, the, the fan mail, the, the emails, the texts. Actual letters were written, Todd. Handwritten letters. Man. Handwritten letters. Handwritten was, it letters. My, was it in my handwriting? <laughs> it seemed oddly familiar. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I didn't know that we had such a big following in St. Augustine. That's weird. A signed T.O. Crayon. It was in crayon. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we've been asked this question numerous times, and we felt like it's time to attack it. And the question is, how do we prepare ourselves should this happen again? Fern, why don't you go ahead? You told us something before we started what's going to happen. Again. There is no again. It's not happening. I'm not going to abide. I'm going to start a militia and we're going to, we're going to secede from the United States and we're going to start my own state. That's how it's going to work. So the, the, you know, things are slowly opening up from what I understand in, in full disclosure, I don't really follow the news, but things are starting to open up. My opinion People are going to rush this. We're going to be right back to where we are. We need to be prepared to, to start it again. What is that going to look like from A, what the government tells us to do, and B, from what the boxes are going to do? So which direction do you want us to go here? Do you want us to talk about what we do well, to open back up or to prep let, for, for let's this, start first. something like let's this? Let's start first with this. Do you guys agree with me? As soon as things start to open, we're going to see another spike. Of course. There's no other okay. option. So, right, which is, well, the, the options are, from what I understand, we, we just, let's go back to normal living. People are going to get it. People are going to die. There's option one. Option two is we have these phases that things get rolled out, which will slowly, of course, increase the spread. Or option three is we stay completely quarantined until there's a vaccine. Option three is not an option. So option three is out. I agree with you. It's out. I'm, I'm going to do it a, regardless. Because for for a lot of reasons. Well, so for that's not an option for a lot of reasons. The, the first and foremost is, so then if, if that's what we're going to do, then what's the number, right? So there's two, there's two kind of like stones being thrown. The first one is, hey, you just want people to die at the expense of the economy. And then the other one, which nobody was talking about, is like, okay, what's the number of unemployment that justifies opening up the world again? Like, is it 40,000 people like or 40 million people? Like, so... You know, we have to talk about that. There's repercussions for unemployment. The, the other thing is, it is highly, highly unlikely that there will be a vaccine at all. Everybody's talking about this 18 months thing. It is highly unlikely that there will be a vaccine at all. Why do you say that? Why do you think there'll be a vaccine? Google vaccines, how they're developed, how long they typically work, and then look at they failed to develop vaccines for MERS and SARS. They don't have vaccines for those, and they tried to have vaccines for them. We have a vaccine for the flu that, quite frankly, does not work. What do you mean it doesn't work? How many people die from the flu globally every year? Do you have any idea? A lot. I don't, I don't know the number. Millions. If this is something that we have a vaccine for, right? So because the flu is an evolving virus, right? So, and there's nothing to say that this isn't going to evolve, right? So it's not, it's not, it's not going to be this thing where, like, you're going to be able to get rid of it. It's not smallpox you know or like you vaccine and nobody ever gets it again that it's just it's a respiratory virus so and if you do if you do any research on that 18 months is the fastest humanly possible and that is highly unlikely you typically have to do a year of human trials before you would see a 
uh, of a vaccine that would come out. And we're not even anywhere close. So uh, what do you think? Do you agree with this? That, man, that's, I don't, I don't have anything to add to this. I'll, I'll let Jay, he sounds more educated in it than I do. So Fern's got I'll a bunker at, at and, this point. and guns and <laughs> I do not have a bunker. I do have guns. I do not have a bunker. I do have guns. Guns so, and toilet paper. He's also so <laughs> you know. So the one, you know. So the option that people have not talked about. So there's this phased opening, which is arbitrary at best, right? Like it's it's a it's a spin the wheel and we'll just pick what businesses open, right? With no kind of real forethought for like how they actually work, right? And the perfect, not perfect, but a a good example of that is the grocery stores are open, obviously because they're mandatory. People have to eat. But it is the one thing that everybody in society has to go do. So it's, if you're going to contact trace anybody, just have somebody set up in the grocery store and we'll contact, contact trace the world from the grocery store, but people have to go there. For instance, like we never go to the grocery store. We usually do like Amazon prime delivery. They don't do that anymore. So now we have to go to the grocery store four times a month to get groceries because they're limited on what you can take. So now for instance, like my wife's exposure is up. So anyway, so that being said, I think my personal opinion is they should adopt something that looks more like Sweden, which is like, if you are not old or sick, you should go back to normal life. You're probably going to get sick. The likelihood of you dying is virtually zero. Everybody else, you should stay in some sort of quarantine and take care of yourself. The, the stipulation also with that, though, is if you're somebody that has exposure to that same population, you need to stay away as well, right? Because it's not just like, hey, if my my elderly grandmother lives with me well she shouldn't leave but it's cool for me to go and do whatever i want to because i'm coming back home and expose it to her as well so right. i think that's the that's the tougher part of that is like how many of us have exposure to the demographic that we're trying to protect and if it was as simple as they stay home and we do our thing because we're healthy enough to to be fine i wish it was that easy right i mean sweden's numbers have have proven to be like they're like the mean as far as like deaths and exposure and death rate and all that stuff. And that's exactly what they've done. And they've, and they've not shut down the economy. They just said, Hey, if you're old, if you're sick, you need to stay at home and we'll do our best to accommodate keeping you from getting exposed and, and make sure that society like takes care of them. So I, it, the, I just don't like the keeping the economy closed is, is we're printing money. I mean, you know this better than anybody, Todd, like the yeah, inflation's yeah. coming, like the repercussions of this are 10 X. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not disputing that at all. Um, so it's just, it, it is an interesting dilemma, obviously, right? Um, it needs to open back up at some point. There's going to be more risk as soon as it starts to open back up. Uh, so I think it's our job as, as affiliate owners or business owners in general to do whatever we can to try to limit that exposure and limit that risk. Um, so, so on that, right? So let's assume they open up and let's, let's, Let's go down best case scenario, which is gyms are included in phase one in this phase opening plan. If you haven't read it at the White House is, is uh, and that doesn't, that goes state by state. States don't have to take that advice. They can make up their own, but let's just, right. let's assume that gyms in your state are phase one. The, the assumption is that there's going to be some sort of limitation on bodies in the building. Yeah, whether that's the the number that's been thrown out of no more than 10 people, right? Or if it's based on square footage of your space or something like that. So depending on what our our rules are, you just try to adapt to that. And I think uh, the the main focus will be to try to create a space 
that allows the social distances that's that's necessary to allow a limited exposure of equipment being used by multiple people um, or people getting too close to each other. So I look at my space here and I think it would be feasible and it'd be easy to set up um, essentially areas for for the athletes that I'm going to have with inside the walls of my gym where we pre-set up, pre-stage the equipment that's going to be used. Um, and, you know, for the first who knows how many weeks or potentially even months, it's probably going to be a pretty limited programming schedule, similar to what we've been doing with people at home, just a little bit more barbell and a little bit more options here, but I'm still going to keep it a little bit limited just to limit the exposure from people, multiple people using the same piece of equipment. But if, if the spaces are set up, the, the equipment's pre-staged, um, and then you allot for time for cleaning before and after classes, I think that's the best, best thing you can do. The other so thing, that's the, my, yeah, ahead. so that was my question with regard to that is, are you running, and did we talk about this the other day? I think, are you, are you going to run the same hour class and do 15 minute gap? Or are you going to shorten the class and then do a 15 minute gap? Yeah, I mean, obviously, 15 is arbitrary number, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, what, what we talked about the other day is, and where we're headed is, it's going to be a shorter class because we're going to need more class times, right? There's, there's going to be no option for 15 or 20 person classes, I'm assuming. And so if that's the case, and we're limited to 10 people in the gym at a time, so it's nine plus a coach, well, then we're going to need more class times throughout the day to accommodate our members potentially. I'm also counting on the fact that there's going to be a handful of people that aren't ready to come back to the gym. So it's not like we're going to have our full um, group of athletes coming back into the gym, the same number of people per times a week as we had previously. Um, but I think as of now, my thought is that we're going to go shorter class times. We're going to try to increase the number of, of, of options as far as that goes and then limit the exposure to equipment to risk. Uh, we're lucky in the fact that we're in Florida and as long as it doesn't rain on us, we can do stuff outside. So we've got space outside our doors to where we would have plenty of room for multiple people working out. We can pre-stage equipment out there and try to keep people away from each other and hopefully um, prevent the, the spread of this stuff. Is your is that outside area covered? It's not covered. It's not. Okay. It's not covered. Yeah. Yeah. So if it rains or, uh, different times in the day when it gets, you know, a couple months from now when it's a significantly hotter than it is now, then it'll be a little bit more of an issue. But in the short have, term, we've got some options there. Have you, what's the, I read something or heard something the other day about, you mentioned two options, which is just a flat cap on space, which is kind of weird. Like, you know, if you had a 20,000 square foot space, but um, what were some of the numbers that you've either heard or read with regard to number of people per square feet? Have you, I want to say it's like something between seven to 10 per thousand square feet or something like that. I don't know that I've seen or heard of numbers from that. And I'm kind of at the point where it's like, I'm, there's not a ton of value in me speculating an awful lot before it comes out and they actually tell yeah. me what it's going to be. Right. So I'm going on the assumption that, pretty much my idea now is that there's going to be 10 people in the gym just kind of based on what we saw leading up to this and in and, and the mandates to keep crowds of 10 or less still to this point. So that's what I'm yeah. expecting. So how many before this, how many classes a day were you guys running at drive? Um, between six and seven on the day, depending on the day and class type. Yeah. Dang yeah. class. Type. Yep. Yeah. We would run, 
anywhere between seven, well, seven to nine classes. And then we would have weightlifting open gym. So like technically you could call it like 10. Um, and your space is a little bit bigger. Like what's your total square footage there? Um, total square footage is, um, just over, like between six and 7,000 square foot. That's what but I we've thought. got, okay. we've got like over 4,000 of our main space. Then we have another thousand square foot space that's sectioned off. And then we have office and locker rooms and that kind of stuff. Um, so we've got, to be honest with you, we've got plenty of space to where we could essentially do two classes overlapping and have significant, we've got completely different rooms. So we would be all right there. Um, and like I said, we've got a big field out front and out in front of our place too. So we've got plenty of space outside to, to do stuff as long as the weather allows for it. So there's, there's definitely some opportunity there. Yeah. We, we have something similar where I, I you know, we have a, uh, yeah, like right at 11,000 square feet, but I have like a big roll up door in the middle where I can essentially, depending on what side you're, you're on, you can't even access the other side without going outside. And then, but, and then on the, on kind of my side, on the weightlifting side, like I have like a barn door that I can close. So I have like three gyms. So I'm looking at roughly house. I'm going to, everybody's going to have to do some math. You know, I don't, I've seen a bunch of people who are going through and marking out their spaces. And, and now there's going to be like actual, when you come in, like you're going to be like reserve a spot, like, like kind of like reserving a bike. If you were going to do spin, like this is your area, like mm -hmm. in the classes and designing stuff like that. I think there'll be some people doing that or, and I think there'll be some people who are just doing it a little bit more loose who are just running classes and saying, Hey, based on the guidance we've been given, we're going to cap class size. You need to register beforehand for class and do this, but we're still going to run a full class schedule or, or maybe even larger than we did before. Yeah. And one of the things we might consider, which is what we did before we officially closed the doors and we turned everything into like open gym times to where we had, um, like workouts scheduled or programmed and we had coaches on the floor but in order to distribute the the number of people that showed up at a given time instead of having a particular class where everybody's going to show up right then and that's going to increase the the gathering of people is to have a wider time range of kind of open gym so you kind of come and go as you please hopefully to disperse the number of people that are in here at any given time and then you get a coach it's not going to be quite as formal as far as the the class goes but we can still structure and in provide some value there and I think at this point I'm you know I I feel like people were are more interested in getting out of their house for one and having an opportunity to get around a facility or other people and do some training and use some different equipment and stuff like that as opposed to really being anxious for the structure and the detailed coaching that they got beforehand. So I think if, if there's an option to the doors, just simply being open yet there's, you know, they're, they're able to stay safe by not having a ton of people in the gym and not getting a ton of exposure to, to other people and potential germs. Um, I think people will be okay with that to, to begin with as we start to evolve and work our way back towards that standard schedule. And then the, you know, the, the classes as we know and have operated previously. So yeah, I would agree. I think this is where gym owners who are not, I mean, this is probably both a safety and business discussion, which is, you know, if you want people to come back in and use the facility, then those who are potentially like avid anti-open gymmers are probably going to have to reverse course on that. So just so that you can spread out the total member base a little bit. So we've been running open gym here throughout the day uh, for 
for a while at this point, but I, I would imagine we're probably going to see more usage of those time slots than we have in the past. Yeah, same with us. And I, I mean, we've, we've run some open gym before, but our clientele, there's not a ton of them that come in here and use that to do different or their own things. It's more so like, hey, today I've got other stuff going on during my normal That's class time. Is. And I want to get the workout done earlier. So I think we'll, we'll coin it or call it an open gym, but it'll really be come in and do the workout. Yeah, I mean, that's, you, that's very much how ours is. Like people, our clientele, which is I'm sure very similar to yours, prefer to be in classes. Yeah, we don't have many people that have these grandioso ideas of all this extra training they need to do. They just want to work out. They want to, you know, laugh and have fun with some people and get in and get out. So are you doing or do you guys have any plans of doing like additional cleaning like the the fog cleaning or do you guys have a cleaning crew that comes in uh, currently? Are you going to up that volume if you do? We have a cleaning crew that comes in, in currently. Um, we'll ha I mean, and as far as determining whether to up the volume of that and see what the options are for that, it's same deal. It's going to kind of depend on what the rollout looks like and see what happens, see what kind of availability there is for some of those cleaning crews and how often we can get them in here. Um, I, I think, I think, I just think in general, if we can limit the exposure to people touching and using equipment or being in the door, I think some of that cures itself. Right. If, yeah, for sure. Uh, insane. Is your, is your demographic a little bit older when I say old, like not old, old, but like our, our gym is full of work, mostly working professionals or families. And so it's like mid to upper 30s, early 30s. 40s. Although yeah. I see yeah. I, we've got some people in their late 20s. I mean, we've got people all over the map, but I would say that's the majority of our demographic. So yeah, I was curious. I know some people have, yeah, I know some people have some older, like I was thinking about um, get like Gary's gym. Yep. Like in, uh, he's like, he's got a really old population. So I'd imagine people like that are going to be probably a little bit more affected in this scenario than some. You oddly, yeah, we've we've got some of those those legends or masters classes, um, and oddly enough, those people have been pretty uh, receptive to the to the online version of class and something that they can do from home. It's a mm -hmm. little bit shorter class, anyways. The equipment that they use even in the gym is pretty limited, um, and so if they've got some dumbbells or something at home, they just like to see each other and chat, and they can get their their normal workout in. They don't need to see a barbell or a pull up bar and that kind of stuff. So I would, my assumption is, is that will probably, that demographic in that specific class that we offer will probably continue online before we open it back up to in person. So then the other question, did you guys give away equipment or rent it out or whatever? Did you guys do uh, anything yeah, like we, that? Yeah, we let people borrow, borrow equipment and it was mostly easy stuff for them to move and maintain. So kettlebells, dumbbells, some ab mats, medicine balls, stuff like that. Um, any of the the bigger equipment we didn't really hand out. So then the question for some people, because I've been through, I've, I've, I've been trying to figure out in my mind, like, what would this look like? Is it, is it an all or nothing? Is it, uh, is it kind of a blend of the two for people that did give out all their equipment, for instance, like I did, like I have, you know, I got 11,000 square feet and there's probably enough equipment in here for like two people to work out. Like, I mean, we gave away everything if you think you're going to have this kind of quasi return of the membership, how would, how would you determine how much of the equipment you bring back in? Well, I mean, for us, it's the, the, 
the priority is going to be the, the, the business. And that was kind of the mindset with the equipment rental to begin with. Um, and so if the doors are open back up for the most part, I think it's going to be like, we need the equipment back here. Um, and depending on what that, that opening looks like, and if we are truly limited and people aren't going to have access to our facility at all, um, then, then maybe we adjust and look at, look at options as giving equipment. But I mean, we'll need our, we'll need and want our stuff here so we can provide the service to our members. It's the other thing I was, yeah, the other thing I would agree with you. I think I'll do some one-offs where I might let some people keep some stuff, but I probably bring all of it back. I'm probably going to do it the full week before. So like right now, I think the target date is May 8th. So we're going to open it up to have people start bringing stuff back uh, on the 5th. So do like four or five days of equipment return so that by the time we get to that, we'll probably have classes on the 9th. We'll probably run three or four classes in the morning on that Saturday and then kind of like reopen on Monday. Yeah, uh, but the, I'm going to need a week to get it all back because it took me a week to give it all out. So I would imagine it might even take longer than that. But the other thing I was thinking about was, you know, so I'm just thinking about I'm trying to think through all the problems that people are going to have to contend with, which is uh, this one is a little bit a little bit more subtle. But if we're talking about this, I'm going to for some people, they're going to have to have more manning of the gym or more classes right? Which is more overhead on potentially less revenue. Oh yeah. So, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Like, have you started, have you started to peel that back that onion at all? Well, that's, I mean, that's something that we've, we've looked at and we've kind of considered at this point is like, yeah, with more class times, there's going to be way more expense as far as the number of Clorox wipes and disinfectant that you're going to purchase and figuring out how to do that. I've said, you know, talking to people one off is I've not been as concerned with our business while this is going on because we're in a position to, to manage this. The concern is going to be when the doors open back up, we're essentially reverting back to three to five years ago as far as what our membership looks like. You know, I mean, we haven't lost a ton of members, but we've lost some members and I'm not counting on everybody coming back as soon as the door opens. I think some people will. But there's a lot of, you know, a good handful of people that have lost their jobs and I don't expect them to figure out ways to pay me before they're making any money. So it's mm-hmm. like, it, that's going to be the toughest thing in my opinion is like, man, our, our, our business has taken a step back in time and operating it once we are now offering more classes. And like you said, it's, it's the, the biggest thing. There's going to be more overhead and less rap, revenue at that point. So it, right That's, now I can, we can handle this stuff because we can limit our, our overhead. We can limit our expenses. But once the doors open back up, the expenses are going to ramp right back up or even more so. And the chance of, of more revenue right off the bat is going to be pretty, pretty tough so to come I, by. Yeah, no, I would agree. And, I, and that was something I was my concern as well, like when this whole thing went down. And that's why I really pushed to use this time to work on the business because I fully intend to have to be in the business more than I've been in it in a really long time with regard to coaching classes, doing sales, because I just don't know what that revenue figure is going to look like. So I'm, I'm trying to tee up everything and reduce systems and processes so that it can be as efficient as possible because the reality is like, I'm probably going to not, not go back to a one man band, but it, I just don't think it's going to be the same and I'm probably gonna have to cut coaching hours for people and, and, you know, do some of the 
you know, the hard business owner stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be just like it was before you were in a position to where your revenue supported you not being in there as much like it is. It's, it's taken us back to where we're at. And I, I think, you know, there's going to be some opportunity for potentially people that have recognized how important health and fitness is that maybe they, they want to join the gym potentially. So that might support us. There might be some other businesses or gyms, unfortunately, that don't make it out of this thing that provides a, a little bit of an in, uh, influx for us. Um, there might be people that sat at home and ate a bunch of crap and want to lose some weight. So they want to join our gym. So there's some opportunity for people to, to for, for us to kind of increase our membership, but I still think it's going to be slow going because even those people that want to join the gym, I'm sure they're going to be a little bit nervous to do so, at least in the short term of this kind of stuff. So I really yeah, I don't, don't know what this is going to look like. I definitely think there's going to be like a, a potentially like a quick burst of people that want to get back into fitness. And, and I agree with you that have kind of, that are worried about getting sick later down the road. They're like, I got to do something with myself. Um, but I, I think what I hope people have been doing with their time is using it productively so that they can and have been thinking about what are the different scenarios and what would my business look like in these different scenarios? Like, am I going to end up, you know, for, let's just say you're an owner who coaches 20 classes a month. Well, have you teed things up so that you can still get the business aspect of things done while coaching 50 to 60 classes a month? Cause I mean, you and I both know that that's not, a nine to five job if you coach 60 classes a month, but it feels like a 80 hour week if you coach 60 to 70 classes a month. And that's a lot. So I think people really should, because let, let's just say a lot of people have, I know some states are opening up this weekend, but let's just say most people have about two to three weeks before they start this phased opening of their businesses. We have about three, I think. I'm trying to tee that up and figure out, okay, well, if I'm going to have to do lead follow-up and coach 50 hours and potentially do onboarding for, for clients, what the hell does my week look like? How do I block that off so that I can manage all of them? Because if you're the only person on the schedule, then you can't facilitate bringing in new people. I can't answer emails. You know, So I think you really should be looking at how do all these things fit if I'm going to be, if I'm going to have less time. Yeah. You've got to be deliberate on one, what your time looks like. And so, you know, cater and block off time to where you're answering emails, where you're bringing people in. Um, I think this also is going to create a lot of new opportunity. It's like, you look at it, it's like if I'm running a 30 or 40 minute class, that's kind of limited in exposure as far as to what the equipment that we're going to be using is, well, then maybe I'm able to onboard people with, you know, a, a 20 minute phone call beforehand. And then your first time coming in to work out instead of what used to be a one-on-one -on -one environment, Hey, the class is only going to have eight other people in it anyways. I know that I'm my coaching ability along with my staff's coaching ability can bring somebody into the fold in that fix. So maybe now all of a sudden we had this, you know, pretty extensive onboarding process that can be streamlined, either eliminated or folded into something else. And so now instead of twice the hours, it's the same hours that I'm putting into coaching. So I think there's going to be some, some opportunities to kind of mend things together there that, will allow you to do some of this stuff a little bit better. Like you said, if you think ahead and you prep for this stuff. That's my fear. I mean, I don't, I think everybody, my fear is that everybody's so caught up in trying to figure out how to pay the bills and try to get their triple P money and what that looks like in talking to the bank that I haven't talked to a ton of people that are, that have like 
are that are kind of peeling back the layers of their business saying like, how is this going to function when I get back to the gym? You know, it's a lot of them are just kind of sitting and waiting. And, and my fear is like, you're not like, it's going to be an onslaught of things that you're not prepared for that I, that I would, I think we can quasi predict them. I mean, I don't, like, I don't know how you feel about that, but I think for the most part, you could come up with a, a number of scenarios and like pretty much what's going to happen is going to fall in one of these five buckets roughly. Yeah, I think we can have an idea of it. It's not going to be completely offhand. I just think whatever you, you know, it's not going to be what it was before, right? I mean, I look at it just in general, even when things open back up, are you like, you like going out to restaurants, you like eating, are you going to be gung-ho and ready to go and do that right off the bat? Me personally? Yeah, yeah. I'm going. I'm going to do, yeah. Jay, what so, about you? I'm going to go to a concert. You're going to sit at home. He hasn't left his house in four months. There's oh, no not, way he leaves for the next two years. Yeah. I will do very minimal differently than I'm doing right now. At least I mean, you're staying home, right? Yeah, yeah he's, I mean, waiting, he's waiting for the vaccine. So he'll be in his house for the rest of his life. <laughs> I, don't dis- I disagree. I think there will be a vaccine. But it's not what? I, I, don't re- I don't really have anything to – I mean, Hopes. I'll go to appointments. I'll get my hair cut again, like – Things like that, but I wasn't doing anything crazy to go to the salon and get it styled. Are you going to wear deodorant? Are you going to start wearing deodorant again? No, I already talked to Roz about that. I said I will wear deodorant when I go out to to work out, but not just standard throughout the day. Great. Yeah. Really proud of you, Jay. Yeah, I think I think there's there's no there's no sense to go out. There's no what's what's the right i mean obviously in your situation as box owners yeah but I, i'm fine i mean if you're looking at hey would i go back to a gym right now the answer would be no yeah and i don't i don't think you're unique in that sense right i think there's going to be a lot no. of people like that so like like i repeated earlier it's like i'm the concern for me is not whether i'll make it through these couple of months where things are closed it's like what does it look like when it comes back um, and how do we make that happen? So preparing for that, thinking through what some of that stuff will work and then trying to evaluate your business, not only to improve processes, to, but to figure out what you really want from it. This is kind of a good reset and a good opportunity. There's certain things that you don't want to be doing and you don't want your business doing that, then eliminate them. Focus on the things that you are good at and the things that you do want to do because you're probably going to go back to spending a lot more time doing that particular thing and you're not going to be very happy if you're doing something you're not liking. And it's also a good time for, for you, for gym owners to very much like what you said, but to be a little bit more specific is to do a reset on their business from the standpoint of, okay, let's say you are going to have uh, a lower member base. Well, how do you recoup that, that revenue, which is like, okay, well maybe I, maybe I offer more of a premium service, but the price point goes up and I can recoup that right out of the gate. And I, and I do, execute on that idea of having uh, arbitrarily like 30% less members, but with at this, at the same revenue price point, you know, and this is because this has been an, this has been an opportunity for a lot of people to dive into the more one-on-one coaching nutrition and stuff like that. And maybe, maybe that's how people move forward, which is your, your memberships is 225 bucks a month. And I only need 75 members to sustain it moving forward. Yeah. Just got to figure out and make sure that you're showing a, a, an increased value for that. Yeah. You can't just bump the price up. (laughs) Interested to to see the people that supported you through this stuff and continue to pay you. And then they show back up and you're like, thanks for sticking with me. We're going to double your rate. 
and it's the same thing you get or less options that, you know, it's like figure out what that in, increased value proposition is and, you know, find the people that are willing to pay for it. Well, that's why I think uh, Dr. Sean Pastuch brought it up, which is, which is, I was really glad to hear it, which is kind of the route that we went, which the goal was to provide a minimum of a hundred percent more value to them at their current price point, whatever they're paying. So like we gave you the equipment, we're working with your, um, on your programming and stuff like that. And then we're doing these weekly check-ins. We're modifying your program if you need it, right. And get a little accessory programming, like stuff that would, would always, uh, usually cost more money. We're giving free nutrition plans, meal plans, all of that stuff um, at no additional cost. And it's, I, I don't think it's unreasonable if, if you were doing this on the front end and, and then you give it away for free and then say, hey, listen, if you do want those things, like it's going to cost more money moving forward. And some people are like, yeah, that, that, that was the shit. Like, I love it. And it was totally worth the extra 30 to 45 bucks, whatever that price point would be yeah. to move forward. And if you lost 10 members, well, I can make that up, you know, by, by bumping up average client value on five of them, you know, over the course of four months. And, and now I've got a new membership offering that I didn't have before that more people may opt into coming in as I get new members, those people who are looking for that stuff. And you've kind of just added some stuff to your, to your, core uh suite of of offerings if you will so I, I i agree with you i think there's a lot of opportunity if you're paying attention and, and trying to like where's the white space here and like what are people going to be looking for when they come out of it and i don't you know going back to what we talked about the other day i don't think it's all you know, virtual stuff you know i think it's some but i don't i don't think that's where people should be putting the bulk of their attention yeah i agree with you on that i mean there's there's going to be an option for it i think there's there's been some cool things that's come about, you know, putting videos together to, to explain the workouts that you can put on your, your website, or you can put on whatever your, uh, your, um, score, YouTube or whatever, YouTube, yeah, whatever yeah. it is that you can put out there and forcing us to do some of that kind of stuff, I think is going to be cool. It's something that will carry over going forward. Um, but yeah, turning into completely virtual is not going to be a thing, at least that I'm going to be interested in or that I'm going to be going after. So, I, All right, I think guys. it's going to be, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Jay's going to end it since he's been so, uh, so he's been so in it, well, no, we, involved in the I conversation with much of this conversation. It just goes back to, you know, the, the last few conversations on this where there's no right or wrong. You know, you're going to do one way, Todd's going to do it one way. I'm going to do another way, but certainly insight into what's going to happen, how we're, how we're going to, revamp everything like like Todd's referring to but I'm I'm very positive there will be a vaccine and things will be back to normal by the end of let's the make a wager in let's fact, make a wager Jay's, Jay's sitting in this room right now working on that vaccine yeah yeah <laughs> what, what, I want to make a wager let's make I want to make a friendly wager for the world to hear about okay. the vaccine let's let's go uh <laughs> if there's no vaccine in 12 months Jay has to do 100 back squats at 185. Yeah. Unbroken. Deal. Uh, Deal. <laughs> Deal. Done. April 23rd. April, April 23rd. 23rd. Or he's going to do 21 front squats at 185. <laughs> Let's just go back to that same workout, sure. Jay. Let's go back to that same workout and see if you can do it unbroken. How's your fitness right now? right now? Right now? Real quick. Uh, yeah, his fitness is terrible. He can, he can pedal the shit out of that bike, but he can't front squat a barbell. If there's a uh, correlation between your ability to pedal and your front squat, I'll go 21 on broken at 225. 
too bad there's not. So if you own, since you like to refer to yourself as a, as a former gym owner, Jay, on yeah. a very regular basis, what would you do if you had to open up your gym? Let's say you're well, opening up on May 1st. What would it look like? You have one you class have with one to, client. First of all, right? But you're saying you're allowed to. No, no, no. You have to, right? Like you're a business owner. You can't, you can't not open your gym because you have rent to pay. Well, let's that, be clear. Not, not opening up is not an option unless you're going to file bankruptcy. Well, that's not necessarily true. There are going to be boxes that their town allows them to open their government, whatever their city, but decide not to, and people continue to pay virtually. Like that's another short-term thing. That might be a couple of weeks at most. Of months, yeah, I'd say. Like that but my point is to, to see how it plays. Yeah, correct. But let's say you're right, Fern. I need it. Like, hey, my members are like, hey, if you don't open the day the town says. I mean, let, assuming there's no other rules put in place that we have to abide by, you know, certain number per square foot, et cetera. I, I would, I would open. I would just be very safe about it. You know, I'd be spraying everything, doing the right things, trying to keep a distance, but yeah, it's your business and you have to, I'd probably, I'd consider maybe one special class for the older population. You know, maybe I would do that. You know, but I would probably also encourage them not to come in, you know, until they feel comfortable. But you're right. As a business owner, you got to open and you got to grow your business again. If you, let's say you do have a, a population like that, what would you do for them? So you're going to recommend they not come in, but we could agree that that's arguably the population that needs fitness and health more than anybody. What, yeah, not what am I doing? In a time where they're at risk, they don't, but yes. What in uh, I know. I mean, that's arguably when they need it the most, like, but let's assume that you've told them not to come into the gym. So what is your solution that isn't just stop working out? Well, to be clear, just because they're not coming to the gym, it's not stop working out. I probably put out a special program, continue to put out a special program for people that are either elderly, immunocompromised, or just afraid to come back to the gym. So I continue putting that out there trying to keep them coming in. And then for say 60 plus, much like some supermarkets did, I'd probably say, hey, uh, 6 a.m. class is for you guys only. You know, the gym is cleaned every night. You know, you're the first ones to touch everything. Uh, if you feel comfortable, that is reserved for you. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, is it the best thing? I don't know, but at least it's something. Just curious. Yeah, what you what you do? You guys gonna take I love, that now? I love, you stealing that? I, I love no. I love that your first reaction was I'm still not opening. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't have to. <laughs> I'm not leaving well, my couch. No that's chance. That's the difference with you know not currently owning a box. Yeah, I don't. Have I'm to, not but, putting deodorant on. But I would say, <laughs> I would say, you know, if I did still own a box, you're right. I mean, as soon as you open, your members are not going to want to continue to pay for virtual classes. They're going to want to come into a box. Well, it's also like the soon the, the second you open, yeah. But it's also the the second you open, the landlord is going to want rent. True. I mean, I mean, he may very well want rent as soon as the you know town dictates it's okay to be open. He may say, "Cool, there's my queue. I've been leaning with you for the last month or two. You owe me, you know, this much on the first. So you may not have a choice there." Yeah, that, that's why I was, that's why I kind of pressed the issue because I, you know, I think that, you know, people, there's people that want to be safe and that would, would prefer not to open, but I don't think that's a real 
I don't think it's a real thing. Once the city says open back up, like life will resume and you got to sort that out. Absolutely. Well, good thing I don't own a box anymore because I don't want to start using deodorant. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Good chat. Hopefully that helped. If you have questions, as always, if you want to just know uh, Todd's phone number, feel free to hit me up. I'm happy to pass that along to you. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) All right, guys. Write write us more of those letters, Todd. Write us more of those letters. (laughs) Give me some new crayons. (laughs) Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with Best Hour of Their Day when it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback we are grateful and we appreciate it we are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself and it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you so if you haven't already please subscribe to our youtube channel season one of dropping in is out we are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out leave us a comment on there head over to our instagram give us a follow like our pictures, feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us, day at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.